0: This show was created for you, the broken Catholic who's pushing to get your spouse, your kids, and yourself to heaven. Wherever you are in your spiritual journey, you're just one surrender prayer away. Today, my featured guest is David charlson and you can find him at davidcharlsoncoaching.com. coaching.com now david has over 24 years business development experience he's a business guy he's a christian entrepreneur just like so many of you he was a mortgage banker for 16 years he spent the past 10 years developing products for the pet industry and has created, branded, and established sales for two products that have generated $16 million in revenue. David's cat litter testimony is featured in Chapter 1 of God With You at Work by Andy Mason. Uh, Now, David is currently CEO and President of North American Sales for Authentic Sales, LLC, his pet product sales and marketing company. Dave is all about creating safe places for business people to be vulnerable. Sorry, man, I just scared you. I punched you in the throat with that word vulnerable and real about their struggles and brokering the truth of heaven in exchange for your limiting beliefs and fears. Admit it. You got them. That's why you feel stuck. You wake up in the morning, not to hope and new possibilities, but to, limiting fears, limiting beliefs, and playing small in your life. Now, David helps people get set free by attracting God's presence with his dedication to extreme joy-filled vulnerability and boldly sharing radical testimonies. Dave also coaches a select group of executives across the United States. He's happily married to his wife, Michelle, has four children. You know, he's a normal guy just like you. He's a dad. He's a husband. He's a Christian. He's a son. And he's uh, he's going to give you his top three tips to move you from your fear to freedom, God's freedom. All right, David, welcome to Broken Catholic, number one podcast on iTunes for Protestants and Catholics. Who knew? Uh, go ahead and take a minute and uh, just fill in some of the gaps in that intro, would you? You bet. Thanks,
1: Joseph. Um, well, first of all, I've been married three times, gone through bankruptcy once. So my, this is my third marriage. Um, I've Which been, one counted? All of them. All of them counted. All of them uh, counted.
0: Oh, man. There's a Bible verse with a lady, and she's got multiple husbands. And and Jesus says, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Yeah, there is. I, I know that verse. I know that verse. <laughs> you know that verse. I love <laughs> that verse. Um, <laughs> I got it.
1: But um, yeah, lots of failure. Lots and lots of failure and, um, and just, just pu- pure agony and joy in the middle of overcoming failures. Um, I think what set the stage and I had no idea was that when I was very young, I was abused severely, sexually, emotionally, like just mm-hmm. the stuff you don't want to happen to any kid happened to me in the worst ways. And um, <clears throat> I had no idea. It was so bad. It was repressed. And in my thirties, it just started the pain of life and just maturing, all of a sudden, God said, This kid's ready for healing and brought a bunch of people into my life. So, my journey has been a well, healing journey.
0: Let's stop sure. there. Yep. Let's stop there. Yep. I don't want you to let the cat out of the bag. You see what I did there with your cat litter pet product? Oh, uh, very good. Very oh, good. thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right. So, um, take a minute, share something personal about you that very few people in your business life actually know.
1: Hmm. I have had a 25-year struggle with my weight that that just seems to be ongoing, just health and weight, and I don't share that with everybody.
0: Yeah, got it. All right. So BC Nation, right out the gate. David just got vulnerable with you. He went first. That's what leadership looks like. You go first. Stop waiting on your spouse. Stop waiting on your kids. Stop waiting on your pastor. You go first. Here we go. All right, David, thanks for uh, leading us into vulnerability. All right, so listen, you start out, you're born into a family, you didn't get to pick them, and uh, at a young age, your trust is broken, and you're hurt, you're abused physically, sexually. You know, like it's, it's sickening how often this happens sickening to our innocent children. So what age were you when it started and finished all that abuse? Four or five. Four to five. Okay. Got yeah. it. Yeah. Terrible. Right. And then what do we do as little babies, right? To survive through trauma, massive trauma. We suppress it. We bury that sucker. Mm-hmm just for survival purposes. And then you said it resurfaced when you're like around 30 years old. Is that correct?
1: Correct. I, I performed my way out of the pain. I, I was an incredible performer. Just straight A's, every award, just until, and I, by the time I got to my 30s, I couldn't sustain it anymore. I was, I was running through performance.
0: I like how you just said that. I performed my way out of pain. BC Nation, did that resonate with you? Are you constantly performing your way out of pain to avoid going in and looking at it with God so that he can remove it for you? And you're just constantly proving, 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 proving yourself through performance? I mean, this is rough, man. You know, this is rough. This is real talk. Real talk with David Charlson. All right. David, so you performed your way out of the pain. Uh, Tell me about your... um, Teenage years, like real quick, you know, uh, any, any struggles happening there? Or you were just like kicking butt as a student performing.
1: I, I was kicking butt as a student, uh, underage drinking, um, athletics, full-time job. I mean, I, like I said, I just, I did it all. I, I drank with my buddies, went to the parties, did the sports, got straight A's, did all the leadership stuff and worked 30 hours a week. Cause why not? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Listen, it's what high achievers do. Even when you're young, you could be a high achiever. All right. So like, where was God at that young age? Were you raised with God in the home? Was there faith uh, amongst all the pain or no?
1: No. Uh, Dad's an atheist. I would call him an agnostic now. Um, so no, no. My grandma took me to see a few televangelists back in the day, you know. And my dad made fun of my grandma for that. So it was kind of like, nah, It wasn't until my son was born later on that I, that I went searching for faith. But back in those days, no, I was my own God.
0: Boom. About what age were you when you met the real God?
1: That's a good question. Actually, he visited me when I was 11, when my parents divorced and actually spoke to me audibly. I just didn't know it was him. But I what, definitely-
0: did, what did he say to you?
1: Uh, My dad had left. It was Christmas. He came, we tried to do fake Christmas. My dad left and God, I was out in the middle of the yard. My mom was in the house crying and I'm like, I don't have any parents right now. Like, I don't. And and this voice came and said, David, this pain will, will serve you and people in the future. I mean, it was, it was more than just a a phrase. It was like a, a, like an entire encompassing, like, like me seeing into the future of my life at 11, like you're going to help so many people. This is all worth it. It was beyond my ears at 11. I don't even know how to describe. I couldn't understand what he was saying. It just brought total peace to me though, even though my whole life had just been blown apart.
0: Mm. Mm. And then you have this experience where you hear the voice of God. Did you know it was God? No, no. What'd you think? Who do you think was talking with you? Some guy like behind a tree somewhere, like for real, you know, you know, honestly, I think at 11, I didn't even care. I just knew that I was
1: in massive pain and some voice gave me pain. I think I thought it was me, like just some okay. wiser. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to, to go back to my 11 year old
0: brain, but that's what yeah. I think. Yeah. All right. So God took away your pain at 11 years old and replaced it with his peace. Correct. And a hopeful future for yourself. That is tremendous. Uh, why did you not turn to him then or reach out to him then? Why'd you go the next 10, 15 years without God or searching for him? Just curious.
1: It's a great question. You know, my life um, kind of got better. I mean, my dad fathered me well, my mom, they, they learned how to co-parent. And so I think the, the pain kind of went away. Um, I had a good school. I had, I had a good neighborhood. You know, it wasn't. So I think I just wasn't in enough pain. You know, I just as an 11 year old, I'm just whatever the next fun thing is,
0: you know? Yeah. Yeah. You see what's in front of you. That's it. All right. So you get to around 30. What was the shift? What was the change where you're like, I need God. There he is. And you meet him and you start that relationship with him. What happened? Tell us that story.
1: Yeah. So from age 24 to 30, I was on an insane spiritual quest. I was hanging out with shamans. I was hanging out with gurus. I was, I was doing all the stuff. And my quest was, my son was born at 24. I knew something bigger in my life and I went on a quest and I tried it all. And um, I started having some pretty crazy experiences in the spirit realm that I wasn't sure were safe. And Mm. um, so I stopped all of it, just stopped it. I just said I, I'm in over my head. I got to stop. And my quest was I want to I want to know who God really is. I don't want to read about Him in a book. If You're real, I'm coming after You, right? And I'm going to find You in the middle of the wilderness or whatever.
0: I gave You 24 years to find me, God. <laughs> I'm coming after You now. That's that's cool. right. I get it, right? Yeah.
1: And um, when I stopped, I had uh, this void in my heart because I was filling it with these spiritual things that weren't. I don't think the true God. And I had a nightmare one night and the snake came and swallowed me whole. And I felt like my soul was being devoured by something that scared the heck out of me. Mm. And I screamed out in my dream, Jesus saved me. And, and he did, the dream went away. The snake went away. And the next morning I had an unquenchable thirst for the Bible and anything. Jesus, it was just like that. Like in one night.
0: Why do you think you screamed out Jesus and not one of the other gods, fake gods, like to I, save you in that? I moment.
1: actually believe because, I, and I think I have a good testimony because I had zero reason to do that. Like there was no programming. If anything, it was anti-Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. And it was, I felt like it was just ingrained in me. Like he's my creator. I, I don't have a good reason other than somewhere deep inside when my soul was at stake and it didn't feel like a dream. I think I was in a real place. and so my soul actually, I think Jesus kind of pulled the carton back and went, let me show you the real stuff here, kid, you know, and I screamed out his name and it's been all Jesus ever since then, but not, not in the way that most people, I mean, it's, it's a very kind of mystical quest for Jesus more than it is a pick a denomination. And, and, and mm. you know, I, I, it's, it's definitely been a wild ride
0: since then. Okay. Wow. Powerful story. So, you know bc nation it's fascinating to me like david's story because my heart his heart your heart knows who made it and when everything's on the line we finally stop listening to our head that does the yeah but yeah but yeah but can't be him yeah but yeah, that happened. Yeah, God spoke to me while I was loving, but it wasn't him. It was my own head, right? All these year butts. Until we get there to the bottom. We're scraping. We're licking the ground. And our heart calls out to its maker Jesus, save me. Save me. And bro, like one. I know you already see what a gift of God that was and his mercy because so many souls go on that quest of searching every God out there, every religion, world religion, etc. And they get caught in the tornado um, of evil and it consumes them. Uh, because they're searching for God in all the wrong places. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just incredible mercy, powerful testimony to God. Go God. Um, all right. So tell me about the spiritual quest you're on. You said it doesn't look like searching for a certain denomination to go to a certain church or anything like that. It's a mystical uh, type of uh, searching. But you also your volume went down a little. Your tone went down. It was almost like your uh, your confidence went down when you were expressing it. I could totally have misread that. But tell me more about that. Like, what's this this thing where you're like, religion's not my thing. I'm going mystical.
1: No, it's it's more of a reverence to mystery it, than than it is a lack of. So it is a lack of confidence because I, I believe there's certainty in following God. And then if you're humble, there's a lot more mystery than there is certainty, right? Like there's certain truths, but well if you, if you dive into those truths, you're going to find a bunch of mystery as you're, as you're, as you, as you hit them headlong. Yeah. So um, I, I did go to church. Like I, I had an unquenchable thirst for the Bible. I, I got saved on a dark night in Alaska all by myself. And then I, I'm like, I got to get in church. I didn't know why I got to mm. get in church. So I went, I went to Episcopal churches and Catholic churches. I'm like, I just got to find someplace where people are, I don't know, doing something that's God. You know, I don't know what, I just, nothing made sense. So I just, and I ended up in a non-denominational church and Mm -hmm. uh, uh, kind of loosely tied to Willow Creek out of Chicago, which is an evangelical thing. Mm -hmm. Great pastor. I wasn't there for the denomination. I just, I wanted to get baptized. I wanted a pastor to lead me through. I I wanted to kind of, I wanted to be engulfed in a spiritual heritage that I didn't understand.
0: Wow. So, okay. Did it work?
1: Not? Um, did it work? Uh, it's still working. Yeah. I mean, it's I'm definitely, it's, I mean, I've been, I've been in that church. I've been in Pentecostal churches. I've, I've been in churches where it's Baptist and Pentecostals holding hands and, you know, I mean, um, I never, church denominations never made sense to me. I'm not against a denomination. I, I love Catholics. I love Protestants. To me, it's like like what you said at the beginning. Like, let's figure out a way to unify. And I love what you said when we first started talk, talk, talking, which is it's in the struggles where we find our commonality. And I absolutely love that that's what you stand for. Just love it.
0: Mm. Praise God for that. Thank you. All right. So what do you do right now? Like, what are your top three tips strategies, spiritual disciplines, holy habits, uh, for BC nation right now that keep you, uh, constantly and consistently, uh, growing your relationship with God?
1: Number one is, um, is surrender. It's, 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 it's a, it's humbling, how bad I am at surrendering. (laughs) Um, So the way I do that is I start my day by going for a three mile walk. And uh, because health has been such a challenge and it kind of re-triggers trauma sometimes just going on that three mile walk, kind of getting out in nature. So that's how I start my day. Um, I focus on, I I got really frustrated once when I heard a a talk about the big why. And if you're in business, you got to know what your why is, and you got to center your business around your why. And something in me rose up, and I'm like, that ain't it, bro. That that that's, that's part of it, but there's deeper stuff. And God started telling me, actually, you're right, and it's me prompting you. This is the burden you have on your hearts. You, it's 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 focusing on my who. Like just asking the question and meditating on who am I, really,
0: mm-hmm.
1: outside of a role I play. Like my bio says, I did this, I did that, blah, blah blah blah. I'm a husband, I'm a dad. Great,
0: that's not who I am. Is that who I am? It's part that's of who you. I am. It's your vocation, but it's not your identity. Right. And when
1: I ask that question, and that's my passion, is get good about getting intentional about who. So I read and and I, and I re- read certain things over myself every day about who I am to remind myself of who I am because I forget. I get lost in the day to day. So, you know, I'm a person to create safe places for people to exchange false beliefs for true beliefs. I can do that selling dog treats. I can do that with my daughter when we're going for a walk. I can do it ideally for myself when I'm sitting on the can, you know, going to the bathroom. <laughs> like I can, I can be that person all the time, but, but really who I am is, I, I have this word I carry around, that's just creation. And I, and I think, and it's, it's a word that God uses to connect me to who I am beyond even my purpose. It's just, when I say it, I see a place where he creates things out of nothing, and then I can get into a flow space. So that's just a word that I use to anchor. Mm-hmm. So I would say that the number one is surrender. Number two is who, and then number three is just, is just being intentional about continually aligning with my who and calling BS on myself as often as I can. Um, Which really, what that looks like is just a culture of confession. Telling Mm -hmm. on myself all the time. All my friends get weird voice texts from me. Hey, it's me, I'm having a weird moment. I'm thinking that I'm not worth anything. Hope you're having a good day. I just wanted to let you know I'm having that moment right now, bye.
0: (laughs) How did they respond to those texts? That's very interesting.
1: Well, in the beginning, I think everybody thought it was weird. And I just started doing it on my walks because I'm in this vulnerable walk place. And yeah. I'm like, dang it, I I can't, you know, in the Bible, it says in James 5, 16, it says to confess your sins before one another, for he's faithful to heal. The prayer of a righteous man avails much. I'm like, well, I, I need all kinds of healing. So if I confess my sins, if I confess, I'm thinking something stupid, like thinking that I'm not worth anything is a really stupid thought. That's mm-hmm. a, that's, that's a sinful thought. That's not an act. That's that's I'm believing something that is contrary to what my maker says about me all over the Bible.
0: That's a very powerful distinction, David. And BC Nation, let's just take that distinction a little deeper. Evil thoughts and lies of the enemy that come to you throughout the day, which happens to all of us as children of God, we're constantly spiritually attacked. Those evil thoughts in and of themselves are not Sinful, meaning you're not uh, being sinful, that the thought came to you, that you were attacked. You did nothing wrong. You're just going about your three-mile walk and you're being attacked. Okay, that's not sinful. What you do with the thought, if you sit down with it and have a cup of tea and entertain it and say, Tell me more about how I'm a piece of crap. Tell me more about how I can't trust God. Or I can't trust my wife. Tell me more. When you do that and you engage your imagination into the the lie, then right there it becomes sinful. Would you agree with that, David? Did I say it well? Yeah,
1: I think that's really well said. Um, and I guess instinctually I'm just cutting that off at the pass before it gets a chance to...
0: Like, there you go. There you go. So what do you do with those lies when when the thought comes in I know you texted out to your friends, which is good. Like you're sharing. Sharing is caring, right? And uh, now they probably almost expect it. I haven't got a weird text from David this morning. What's going on? Maybe I should check in with him, right? Um, so you share with them. But what do you do with the lie itself when it uh, regarding God, your father in heaven, Jesus, your savior? Do you do something with the lie or do you just hold it?
1: Well, ideally, when I'm, when I'm doing well, I I, I oftentimes admit that I'm it, it. Some of these lies just have intertwined themselves into like kind of they they pose as our identity, right? So they're in there. So I I groan is what I do. I call it groaning. the The, the Holy Spirit groans in wordless intercession for us, right? It's like that's what that's what the, the Bible says. So I'm like, well, if the, if the Holy Spirit's groaning, I might as well groan with the Holy Spirit. So what I do is I just I let it get visceral. And I like I don't sit down for tea with it. I, I'm, I'm kind of David psalming it, right? David got guts, got gutsy with God. He's like God, I feel like everyone's my life's a mess, and everyone's gonna kill me. And he got raw and real with God. So that's I call that groaning. I won't get out of bed. I usually will wake up with one of these things rumbling around. Once you open your awareness to it, God's more than happy to point out, and once you free of all of it. So it's a life of groaning and confessing. And so the the long time with God is just kind of having a showdown with it. If I'm feeling hopeless, I'm like, all right, hopelessness. I know you're not me, but you're posing as me. So let's go. You want to, you want to go, you want to go outside? Let's go hopelessness. Right. And then I got my big brother, God behind me. I'm like, you want to take him on? Cause he's right here. And that's, that's how it feels after when I'm in the middle of it, it feels like I'm on the ground, getting the, the crap beat out of me by hopelessness. And I have to go to that hopeless place and go, God, I'm, I'm not going to run from this. I'm going to face this bully and I'm going to trust that you're going to, you're going to pull him off of me and I might be a little bloody, but you're going to clean me up and we're going to go have a good day.
0: Mm. So good. So good, David, BC nation. I want to give you a two step strategy for what to do with the evil or negative thoughts that attack you throughout the day. Okay. David just shared what he does with it. And that's a powerful uh, approach. Yeah, for sure. And it works for him. Let me give you a two-step strategy I give to my clients. Okay. Step one. Well, it's three steps actually. Acknowledge, right? And that's what David just spoke about. Acknowledge the thought. Acknowledge it's there. It's kind of like, I like to say it this way, because I'm a playful kind of individual. I like to say like, Imagine, you ever run into, David, uh, like an ex, uh, like in the airport or whatever, you know, and they're walking by and they look over and they make eye contact and you're like, shoot, don't look, don't look. And they do the wave and they're like, hey, right? What you want to do, that's a like an evil thought. Not that exes are evil. That's not what I'm saying, people, okay? But that's an evil thought. And you look at it, you do the fake wave, like, Hey, I see you, but I don't want to come and talk with you, and I don't want you to come and talk with me, right? So you acknowledge it. That's step one. Acknowledge it's there. Acknowledge you're being attacked. There's an evil thought. Step two is you surrender it to God. It looks simply like this. Father, I surrender to you this feeling of hopelessness that is crushing me right now. Step three, permission. God gave you two great gifts in life. One is your life, the breath in your lungs, and two is your free will. He waits for you as the ultimate gentleman to give him permission to remove the attack, to remove the crushing rock that's pinning you down. Okay, So he waits for your permission. So permission goes like this. Father, I give you permission to remove this feeling of hopelessness from me in the name of Jesus. Right? So that's your three-step strategy, BC Nation. I just wanted to gift that to you. It works. I've used this so many times in my own life. My clients use it with success. It takes practice and then it becomes a reflex. All right, David, anything you want to add to that that maybe I missed?
1: Yeah. And I would just say don't be surprised if God makes it real and visceral. God will work with you where you're at. He's He's a gentleman, like you said. So he might come in gentle, but as you get used to it and as you get in the habit of doing this and you build up that stamina and you kind of have, you know, you got some bigger vulnerability muscles he'll challenge you and up the game on you. And don't be afraid of that. It's actually his love just coming and clearing and cleansing, but it's, it'll start off light if you're not used to it. And he's really good. Yeah. You can try. He's, he's a, he's a great physician. i just tell you that he's a good healer.
0: Yeah, and for I, sure. I,
1: I highly recommend him. He's, he's five, five star review for sure.
0: <laughs> Listen, no one else in the universe could heal the problems I had. Only God was able to set me free. That's for real. The certain deep-rooted lies that only God and his strength can get rid of. Your strength is not sufficient. God mm-hmm. is. God is. All right, David, we're going to wrap up the show. This is a great show. What to do with your evil negative thoughts. Yeah, I think that's kind of like the episode here, right? right. And it, Yeah, it's really powerful. All right, so David, um, listen. You're a cool guy. I like you, man. Thank you. You're welcome. I like you, too. Thanks, bro. (laughs) All right. PC Nation. I know. That was bromantic. You're welcome. (laughs) Okay. So welcome to my favorite part of the show. Welcome to the confession round. I'm going to ask you 10 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Think of it like a game show. It's just for fun. Are you ready? Ready. What's your favorite thing about God?
1: His unconditional love.
0: Yeah. What's your least favorite thing about God?
1: He challenges me all the time. He scares me
0: all the time. (laughs) What are you most afraid of?
1: I'm most afraid of revealing myself in a full way and being rejected.
0: Mm, Thank you for that transparency. I believe we're all struggling with something at any given moment of our life. It's just part of being human. What are you currently struggling with right now, either professionally or personally?
1: I'm struggling with... I've been doing new high level executive retreats and filling seats.
0: Yeah. I got it. Yeah. Yeah. What did you spend way too much time doing this past year? Watching YouTube. (laughs) Got it. (laughs) What secret fear do you have about people?
1: That they're not safe, that they're the, the dark side of them is going to hurt me bad.
0: Hmm. What do you wish you had learned sooner about God? that I can trust him with everything. I'm
1: still learning yeah. that. Still learning that.
0: <laughs> it's like, God, I want some more evidence. Thank you for the 50,000 pieces <laughs> of evidence. I need 50, in one. What's a new habit that you want to create in your life? Um, reading the Bible more. Yeah, for sure. What's a bad habit you want to break? Um, drinking too many Wid- 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 Widowmaker beers right. at night. <laughs> Got it. Yeah, that is a combination right there. And uh, pick three words to describe who you are now:
1: I'm authentic, enthusiastic, and kind.
0: Pick three words to describe who you were before. Uh, you had that uh, drop to your knees, "God save me!" Uh, in Alaska experience.
1: Um. Golden child, um, self-made, and fake shiny.
0: I get those. There's a lot of people if we look around that. You could stick that sticker on, right? All three of them. And last question. If you could come back to life after you died, look your family, your friends, your wife, your children in the eye. And give them only one piece of advice about everything life eternity all of it what would you say to them
1: i would say let god help you become who you really are like you can't do it you don't even know who you are just let Him do it
0: any final wisdom what's the one thing you want my listener to know about seeking that relationship with god um that will set them free
1: have compassion for yourself. It's a, it's, it's it, have compassion, be kind to yourself and be patient with yourself.
0: You know, David, little hidden, uh, nasty secret here about me. I used to not be compassionate with people. Like I, I, I man, I would judge them so hard, mm-hmm. their character flaws and defects, and etc. And I finally discovered or God revealed, The reason why I did that so often is because I had no compassion for myself. And it was not until I was able to be compassionate with my mistakes, my imperfections, then I was able to do it with others. Amen. So... Yeah, Amen. for sure. That's a that's a deep one, man. All right. So where does BC Nation go to find out more about David? And then maybe they want to work with you, maybe they want to like just engage with you, share their story. What do you got for them?
1: Yeah. So the best way to get a hold of me is through DavidCarlson And we do something on Fridays called Freedom Fridays. And it's a free Zoom call. You can join us. We usually put someone in the hot seat do a little mini coaching session. So you might be one of those people. That's the easiest way It lists all our, our retreats we do. And then if you want to look into one-on-one coaching, it's, it's, it's one-stop shop, but uh, the, the easiest way, what's free is you type in your email and we send out free resources and so on and invite you to freedom Fridays. And it's all right there on the website.
0: All right, David, thank you for being on broken Catholic. I wish you God's love, peace, and joy in all areas of your life.